Action Fanatics, welcome to episode 93 of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Chad Cruz. Chad, a busy man, but you've made time for us here on the Bulletproof Podcast once again. That's right. I made exactly 58 minutes for you, Brain. So don't you dare go over that limit. We better move. Uh, Joining us to talk Ring of Fire 2, Blood and Steel on this episode is the preeminent expert on Don the Dragon Wilson at BulletproofAction.com. It is the toy man, Christy Petrillo. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Glad to be here. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of Chad's life. So uh, I don't know why you're in such a hurry tonight, because we're talking about a pretty good entry in the Dragon's filmography here. Absolutely. A PM Entertainment classic, and you know we love PM Entertainment at bulletproofaction.com. But as I mentioned, Chris, you are probably the biggest Don the Dragon fan on the staff. You have seen probably every movie he's ever made. Um, And most recently, after years of being spurned, you actually got to meet the one and only, one of the greatest kickboxers, if not the greatest kickboxer of all time, Don the Dragon Wilson. That's right. Uh, kickboxer, action star, and all-around good guy. Uh, yes, myself and my son went to a, a karate tournament, the Ocean State Grand Nationals, that took place here in Rhode Island uh, just over a month ago, where uh, Don the Dragon was the guest of honor, the guest MC. And not only did we get to meet him and spend some time chatting with him, we got some official limited edition Don the Dragon t-shirts, including one that he autographed for my son, uh, got a nice picture that I had pumped out on social media back when we uh, took the photo. And I now have a signed copy on DVD of Ring of Fire 3, the sequel yeah. to the film that we'll be talking about tonight, as well as a signed VHS copy of one of my two favorite Don the Dragon movie uh, films, a signed copy of Black Belt. Uh, and he could not have been a nicer guy. You know, they always say you don't want to meet your heroes, but... That was not true in this case. Uh, a very nice man, and hopefully at some point he finds this podcast and listens to it and links it because he is known to uh, pump out the shared content when it comes to his various uh, involvement in film and television. Yeah, and he recently was on the uh, Keith Vitale podcast. So if mm-hmm. you're looking for some more uh, listening pleasure for your ears, I, I would suggest you checking that out. Uh, I also have to imagine, Chris. Or, or maybe this is just my wishful thinking in my brain, but uh, you you had to assign him to a figure deal, right? While yeah, you were, of course. While you were there, you're going to produce the first ever Don the Dragon Wilson action figure. I like how everybody thinks I have like this magic contract pen, like that pen that Cosby had on Nickelodeon in between shows. What uh, was that show where he had like the pen to draw? Can't think of the uh, name of it right now, but he had like that crazy pen that like, you could order. Picture that, pages well, that's, is... Picture is, is, pages, what, yes. is what you're thinking of, but yeah, let don't compare yourself to Bill Cosby. No, I, please I wouldn't don't. suggest that. I, yeah, I really think I, know, I, 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 have, I have. I have no witty follow-ups to that one. <laughs> I really feel like you could uh, you could have like a Legends of Kickboxing or Legends of Martial Arts toy line. You could just have all these awesome. Yeah, Don the Dragon. Vitale, yeah. Call him up, Keith Vitale. You could have Jerry Trimble. You could have the Chase variant in his Jerry Pelt realtor outfit 
Well, see, I would be all for that, especially because we have started moving forward using a more modern articulated body, similar to the elites, ultimates, G.I. Joe classifieds, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you guys have seen that with the referee figure. We've got additional ring crew figures coming out. So the next wave of the legends, which will have Mr. Hughes, Savio Vega, uh, good timing on that Savio Vega. Oh, uh, yeah. At the time of this recording, <clears throat> is several days removed from Backlash. But uh, Mr. Hughes, Savio Vega, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Brad Armstrong, Louis Spicoli, and the commemorative 40th anniversary set of Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express action figures. Uh, those are planned to be the last waves of Legends figures using the uh, classic superstars, Ruthless Aggression style tribute bodies. Uh, everything moving forward as we move further and further into production with stuff at Figures Toy Company will be on the more modern bodies. So that should uh, whet a lot of appetites for collectors who are looking for something similar to the uh, Mattel elites. Right. Will you guys do like a reprints of some of the the older characters you've released? Well, you know, we'll go back. You know, there are some guys that still have, um, you know, executed contracts with us. You know, there, right. there's still a window of time if they have renewals and stuff like that. Um, first and foremost, obviously, as far as my plan would be to do more with Jim Cornette because he's just the best. I, I love working with him. And, you know, he, we just put out the pink and black figure for him, which not only sells like gangbusters as most Cornette merchandises want to do, but he also donated money to uh, the cancer charity for sales on that one. So I'm sure uh, that's probably going to be the first thing that we look at. Um, there's been a couple of people that have proactively reached out about getting involved, haven't signed anybody new yet. We're going to work on getting this stuff out and doing some of the, um, unlicensed characters like you know the ring crew the cameraman additional referees stuff like that but uh i've got a couple of things in the works so as the months trickle on we'll uh, i'm sure we'll talk about it on future podcast episodes uh cannot wait and of course that's figures toy company.com if you want to check things out and what what is your uh, social media for figures toy uh it's at figures toy co on the twitter machine uh if you just look up the company name on Facebook and Instagram, Figures Toy Company. Uh, and then, of course, you can also find out not just my bulletproofaction.com writings, but also updates on Figures Toy Company stuff and what I've got in the works over at my personal Twitter account at Zach Malibu. All right. Well, I'm waiting for the Don the Dragon figure, the Jerry Trimble, um, Keith Vitale, uh, Cynthia Rothrock. Cynthia Rothrock, Gary. It's Cynthia Rothrock. Now, come on. You know how many perverts would buy that figure, so many, Chris? That articulation and, and that figure alone? Yeah. yeah, Buddy, talk about a seller. That's a seller. That is an absolute seller. Maybe you can work it in with these, all these uh, GoFundMes and what, you know, like that could be a tier. Like you get the first ever figure of these. I don't know. We'll, we'll work on that. Uh, but let's work on what we're here to talk about. And that is Ring of Fire 2, Blood and Steel. This one was released 30 years ago. Don't say that. I refuse to believe it. March 17th, 1993. We just passed the 30th anniversary. Uh, again, as I mentioned, this is a PM Entertainment movie. We love PM Entertainment. This one, Chad Cruz, directed by Richard W. Munchkin. Mm. We talked about him before. Yeah. He, he of Iron. And Michael Worth confirmed he is a normal-sized man. Not, not a munchkin right because that's a question that you would have and i did and i asked him uh that's yeah. very that was like episode three of this podcast that was 90 wow. episodes ago 
He's just think, if he had to fill out legal paperwork, his name would be Munch, Munchkin, comma, Dick. <laughs> that is true. That's a sad, sad name when you're in like fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I, you know, what? I remember doing that podcast with Michael Worth and being like, you know, welcome back. Our third episode. He's like, you've only done, this is your third one. Right. He was shocked. He was, he was he thought, like, Ugh. he got roped in. We, we tricked him. We bamboozled him. He thought we, we were a long running podcast. Uh, no, Michael. Sorry. Sorry. But that's what you get for stealing my poster. Anyway, Dr. Johnny Wu and Maria are back from the original Ring of Fire. Dr. Johnny Wu, of course, played by Don the Dragon Wilson. And Julie, played by was, uh, Maria Ford. Uh, Maria Reprising Ford. her role from the original. Yes, both of them from the original. Uh, they fell in love. It was a real West Side Story, Romeo yeah. and Juliet type uh, movie, Chris. The original. It was. It, it it warmed the heart as well as uh, hit the face with sidekicks. It it did. And Julie, you know, she warms the loins. I would say. Oh now I wanted to call a quick Zach Morris timeout here and and talk a little bit about Maria Ford. Yeah, man, that's my gimmick. Gimmick infringement. Come on, you're I'm a sorry. worker. You know about. I had things. to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> now has has anyone else clicked on her IMDb page? Sure, oh, Chad. She's what did you find? Things. She's like the B movie queen. She was the B movie queen, but she is. Uh, she's still, you know, producing work uh, as a, as a model and as a dancer. And she's got she's a very unique individual. It appears in her looks. Uh, she's had some work done. Let's put it that way. But but still still very beautiful. Let's put it that way. Just go to her page and look at you. This movie was 30 years ago, and then look at her pictures, and it looks like she's probably had enough Botox to kill half the planet. Uh, th there you go. That's the type of analysis we expect from Chad Cruz here on the Bulletproof Podcast. So yeah, Dr. Johnny Wu and, and Julie, they fell in love in the original, and that love continues because they're shopping for an engagement ring. They're talking about where they may be going on their honeymoon, and Hawaii just doesn't seem adventurous enough for our... For the lovely Julie, but they're about to get some adventure, whether they want it or not, Chad Cruz, because mm -hmm. while they're doing that, we, we're cutting back and forth. We're seeing these masked assailants and they're preparing to enter the jewelry store. And when they do, uh, they make quite an entrance. Yeah. It's like a smash and grab your classic smash and grab. They come in there and they, they, they smash things and they grab a bunch of shit <laughs> and they're, they're stealing all the jewels and they're, they're trying to, you know, they, the cops are on their way and they go for one last thing. One last thing. They wanted that ring off of Julie's finger. And I don't know, Chris, when you met Don the Dragon Wilson, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain you didn't try to steal any of his jewelry, but you don't mess with his old lady's jewelry because he wasn't taking it. He wasn't just going to let it happen. Yeah, I wouldn't attempt to steal even a pen from the man. No, because, yeah, that's when he starts fighting. He's he's a he's he's a doctor, but he can put you in the hospital as well as get you out of it. Ooh, I like that. That should have been the tagline. <laughs> so yeah, we get a little defenestration action. One guy just goes right through the window. Uh, Julie does take a bullet to the shoulder, and that's about when the bad guys take off. Uh, one of them though is going to be going to the hospital with her. Cops show up, and we get another returning character, Chris, our good friend Lopez. Uh yeah, Detective Lopez, uh, which I always found humorous because we had a family friend when I was growing up who was a detective 
whose last name was Lopez. So as I got older and saw that, it was always kind of like a little side joke very briefly. But uh, not too many people uh, at age 11 and 12 were watching (laughs) Ring of Fire Part 1 like I was. I was one of the lucky ones. And I mean, Lopez is such a rare name. I mean, what are the odds? Right. You know, it's like, I mean, that never happens. It was my, it was like my favorite name when, uh, when I would play like aliens or play, you know, something like that where I'm fighting against predators and aliens in my backyard. Lopez was always like the badass Hispanic guy. That was like my favorite name. Yeah. Well, it it works. It it does work. Um, so the bad guys are, are fleeing. So you know what that means? Cause this is a PM entertainment movie. We're going to get a car chase, a car chase that I'm pretty sure is used multiple times, but it, it this may have been the first time uh, right here. I believe it's also used in, uh, in one of our favorites, Chris, to be the best. Speaking to be the best. Yes. They, they love that Los Angeles river setting. Yeah. <laughs> And, I, and I'm pretty sure it also got reused for uh, the L.A. Heat TV series, but that was kind of the whole point of the L.A. Heat TV series to use all this stunt, uh, stock stunt footage that they they had and, and repurpose it. Uh, for and see, yeah, they just built a show in L.A. around all the L.A.-based footage they already had. It was perfect. Brilliant. It's it's smart, it was yeah. brilliant. Efficient. Indeed. And, and so, yeah, we get the, the chase along the Los Angeles River, and of course it ends with the bad guy's car flipping. And it doesn't just flip. It has to explode. So that's one less bad guy on the streets of L.A. Uh, now we, we cut to the hospital um, and Lopez is there. He's, he has some questions for Johnny. Uh, Julie's there. She's got to get that bullet out of her shoulder. Um, and we find out the, uh, the bad guy that's in the hospital is actually the brother of the main baddie. And he has a severe concussion. So, there, you know, that uh, was quite an eventful uh, jewelry store smash and grab Chad Cruz. Yeah. And the, and the brother, the woman who's suffering the concussion, he, uh, he got thrown through a window, which, you know, if you've listened right. to this podcast in the past, that's kind of one of my bucket list items is to be thrown yeah. through a window in an action film. So, you know, kudos to him for beating me to it 30 years ago. But, right. uh, but yeah, being in a hospital for a severe concussion, you know, it's, you know, I guess it's no joke. I mean, Julia got shot in the shoulder, so uh, that's a little bit more serious. But do, do you remember right after she was shot and the good doctor dropped down, not the guy from the sitcom, but this one, uh, he dropped down to put pressure on it. He put a Kleenex on her shoulder. Did anyone else see that? I, I did not notice. But, you know, it was, kind of, you have, it was funny. You, you have a trained eye for these types of things. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So I, I may have been enamored by her beauty and not looking at the Kleenex. That's possible. Or, you know, <laughs> or, or, or were, never you mind. The, were you looking or, at the Kleenex? Because or you I, was I looking for a Kleenex? I don't know. <laughs> phrasing, people. You, phrasing. You went to the IMDb page, didn't you? Uh, all right. Let's move on. Uh, so we've got uh, – where are we? You, you got speaking me of the main, speaking, I know. Speaking oh, of yeah, the, the main baddie. The main baddie. That's Kalen, and he's Ian Jacklin. And Ian Jacklin, what a great – bad guy he is and he's got the lion's mane in this one uh very uh patrick swayze-esque yeah he's he's very good in this uh and then he's got his right hand man predator evan lurie and they're they're both plotting like okay we gotta that was bullshit what happened at that jewelry store we're gonna take care of that lurie and his demolition hand-me-downs yeah yeah really they should have name swapped these two guys i mean come on 
Yeah. If one guy's going to be the the main baddie, you would yeah. call him Predator. Yeah, no. Instead, we get the uh, big lug as his sidekick is the Predator, and uh, Kalen is yeah, not the not the best bad guy name, but a great no. look, a great look. Well, you got to wonder. I'm trying to think of the timing. Was Kato Kalen prevalent at the time because you know of the what? OJ stuff? Um, you know what? You may be right. That could be, yeah. 93. When yeah, was it's, that? It's probably been about 30 years since OJ killed killed his wife. Yeah, you're right. So that, that would... Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Uh, that would make sense. That's why they went with it. We'll, we'll no, because the... All that stuff uh, was 1994 and 95. Okay. So this actually this... predated his uh, his rise to fame or infamy, that's, as it were. That's true. You got, I should have thought about WrestleMania 12, where they borrowed the uh, the OJ chase, low-speed chase. Oh, match. yes, for the uh, back alley street fight. Yeah. Backlot street. Backlot brawl, yep. Um, so... What they're plotting. We go back to the hospital. We get we get some old friends, some more returning characters from the original. The boys show up to visit Julie, including her brother Brad, played by Dale Jacoby, who I know Chris knows very well from No Retreat, No Surrender. I do. Then we've got Beam Chuck, shooting star Ramsey. Chuck, we've got play played by Vinnie Murdaco of L.A. Wars fame, also mm. Flesh Gordon and the Cosmic Cheerleaders. Quote unquote uh, fame. Exactly. Then we got Lee, Ron Yon, and the comic relief of the group is our good friend Kwong, played by Eric Lee, who was also in Fist of Iron. Um, and Kwong, he's uh, some he fancies himself a ladies' man, Chad Cruz. He does, you know. He he's definitely the comic relief. I mean, he's just like walking around, hitting on every chick that he sees, and it's it's kind of funny, you know, because as one's kind of like throwing him away. He just finds another one and latches on. Yeah. He's like uh, the human version of, you know, the demon in the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington, where like once it you touch someone, it like transfers bodies. That's what Kwong does with women. He just transfers to an he, to a he next woman. He wants to transfer some bodies with them. Yeah, um, I, can't, I don't. I don't follow that. What do you I mean? don't either. They are quickly, but you know, they have to go. All right, thank you. That was nice of you to stop by. But Julie, she needs to rest. I mean, she just got shot. Yeah, she lost here. some blood. Get out of here. So they're, they're sent off, but the bad guys, they're there, and they are going to get Kalen's brother out, whether it was officially being discharged or not. They're just wheeling him out. Um, Johnny stops him, tells him, you can't take this guy. He's had a severe <laughs> concussion. What are you doing? What, and they're like, what do you think you are, a doctor? As a matter of fact, I am, motherfuckers. And we get a skirmish of sorts. Things escalate quickly from here. Would you say it escalated beyond a skirmish? Yes. Uh, yeah, because it uh, right. it ex- yeah it executed it escalated into an execution. I flubbed my yeah. own punchline right there <laughs> by stuttering. Um, right. Because yeah, Kalen's guys pull out the uh, heavy weaponry, and one of those bullets makes it what makes its way into his brother's head accidentally. Right. So he doesn't have to worry about the concussion any longer. No, um, the moment you have to scoop up his brains with a spatula off the ground, you no longer can call it a skirmish. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, there you go. Um, and uh, and that probably the bullet to the head is why they had him like completely mummified. Yeah, he was like yeah. completely wrapped up for for the concussion. Um, so obviously, Kalen is now super pissed. I mean, he was pissed that his brother got thrown through a window <laughs> and taken to the hospital. He's yeah. really going to be pissed that his brother got shot in the head. 
because of the escalated skirmish. So, but you know, he's still, you know, fight or flight. And he hears the sound of the cop cars and he's like, Nope, I got to get the hell out of here. Johnny follows him. Um, but when, uh, old Kaling gets down, down to the, uh, street level, old Lopez and the LAPD are out there waiting for him. He gets arrested, but he's, He's not going down quietly, Chad. He's telling Johnny that he's a dead man. And, uh, yeah, he's still throwing, throwing threats, threats around. Yeah. No, I vividly remember threat. those threats from the preview, like the pay-per-view bumper channel, like the preview. I vividly yeah. remember that whole, you killed my brother, man. Like the way you know, that kind of like <laughs> surfer-esque yeah. tone that he had in his voice as he was threatening him. I'm going to have to look on YouTube and see if the old trailer is on there because that's actually one of the main things that always stood out about that movie for me when I was a kid. That's what sold you yeah. on it. His delivery isn't super threatening, but that hair tells you that he's serious. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's a beautiful lion's mane. Um, so when Johnny gets back, when Johnny goes marching home, as they say, he gets to Julie's hospital room. She's not there. What the hell? Predator took her because you know, Predator has whisked us all away to another land at some point in our lives. Yes. Um, but yeah, she's gone. Um, Lopez trying to calm Johnny down because obviously he's like, oh, Johnny's going to get himself some trouble. Uh, uh, and he's like, listen, I'll figure out where they took her because I'm going to get this. Kalen, we're going to go downtown and I'm going to question him and I'll find out exactly where your lady is. He's pretty confident in his in himself. But I don't you think Johnny that buys it. Though. No, he's like, oh, by the time we get him downtown, he'll be singing. We'll know everything. Like, this guy's supposed to be like this big underworld kingpin, and you think he's just going to turn his buddies over immediately without yeah. a deal or anything? Yeah, Lopez is uh, maybe a little overconfident there. He's confident, yeah, a little bit too much, I'd say. And you know what? Like, luckily, Johnny isn't kind of just the kind to sit back and wait for his, you know, fiance to come back all raped up you know he's just gonna oh, go out boy. looking for her yeah he is he is and so uh yeah because lopez he was confident but he never even gets the chance because we get more pm entertainment vehicular mayhem uh kaylin is being transported by a county jail bus um and you know where this is going because that bus is not going to make it to its destination thanks to our good friend the predator again he can't be stopped wasn't predator and you maybe nobody on this show knows this but me. I'm pretty sure Horace Hogan. Remember Horace Hogan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I believe he wrestled some WWF shows as a masked man known as the Predator. Mm. I'll, I'll I remember Sylvester Turkai was no, the I Predator. Think, I think who Horace had briefly Hogan. teamed with uh, Elijah Burke back in the mid 2000s. And now. This, this was like towards the end of Hogan's, like probably like 93. I think uh, Horace was getting like um, a couple of dark or, matches. Under, yeah, either just darks or just maybe on house shows. He, but yeah, and then when Hogan he left, was think, known uh, as the Predator, you are correct. In January yes. of 1993, there you on go. Wrestling Challenge, fought Twice El Matador. That was the only televised match. Okay, we'll see. That's why he's the brain, guys. And you know what was was Evan Lurie? Was he uh was he in Double Impact? Was he the? He was. He he brings yeah. in the cognac. Yeah, he yeah, helps yeah. Bring yeah. in the cognac. Yeah, he's been in a lot, but yeah, that's probably his biggest movie. Right. Uh, he did a lot of the uh, 
well, not a lot. He know he did at least one of those Jalal Marie movies. Uh, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, that's what very good eye, Chad. He is definitely a uh, double impact man. But he's All also right. very good at busting out his buddy from the, uh, he is. the he, jail he bus. Naughty. He's good at, you know, he's a good right-hand man. So maybe he deserves such a cool name. I guess so. You know, those jail buses, though, if you got that assignment as a as a sheriff deputy or whatever, and they're like, hey, you're going to be riding the bus. I'm like, no, no thanks. Can you just put me in the jail or something? Right. Because yeah. those things always get taken over, always. Nowhere to run. Another Jean-Claude movie. Yep. Let's Was reference it, uh, Let's reference as many as we can. Another 48 hours, wasn't it? Wasn't it one? Wasn't that one? I believe so. Yep. All right. Well, now Johnny's gotten word to his boys about what's happening. So there we get a little asking around montage, looking for information. Um, and Johnny gets some information, Chris, because apparently he has a regular at the old ER. And, what does uh, it take this, to be a regular at the ER? I guess you just got to get shot or stabbed a lot. I a lot can of tell bodily you, harm, right? Dozens oh, yes. okay. of regulars at ERs. <laughs> That's true. You, yeah. you are. I was going to say you're in that industry, but industry is not the word. You're in that field. I'm assuming it's drug related. Some people multiple times a week. Trust me. Is it drug related? Is um, it just yeah? Some yeah. Um, I mean that would are. make sense. A lot of them, you'd be you'd be surprised how many or hypochondriacs. The, how many? Yeah, just like people who are living on the edge of death every day. Just your, you know, your COPD and CHF and diabetic, and you just you smoke three packs a day and you got lung cancer. It's just like you know, so every day they just somehow make it into the ER, and then you got the people who've, you know, I've I've run on the same person overdosing four times. You know what I mean? Mm. I just can't, you know, modern medicine's keeping people alive. <laughs> uh, and they just keep fighting against it. Speaking of uh, fighting against it. They just don't want to live. Apparently. Apparently. So yeah, well, the regular here tells uh, Johnny about this underground world filled with weird gangs. Boy, was he right. We'll find out. Uh, Lopez is there. He's he's there to gr- give Johnny the great news. Not that he found out where Julie is. No, no, no. Kalen has escaped. Uh, and then moments later, Johnny gets a phone call. It is Kalen. And uh, he tells Johnny, it's going to be an eye for an eye. Killed my brother. I'm going to kill your fiance. Oh, but you know what? We could work out a deal. I'll take $250,000. So apparently he, he had a value on his brother's life. That's pretty and a value idea. on Julie's life. Well, that's true. Kind of, kind, of, kind of putting, you know, Johnny on the spot. Like, you know, is she worth a quarter oh, of a Johnny million dollars? Johnny on the spot. Too? I like it. Johnny on the spot. Oh, you know what? And that was unintentional, but I like that you rolled with it. Kudos imagine, to you. Imagine the student loan debt that the doctor's in, too. He probably... Yeah, I get calls about especially back then where there was no forgiveness or anything. (laughs) Maybe yeah, if you if you take down uh, underground criminal uh, criminals, you you, they just forgive your student loans. Maybe well that that would make sense. I don't think Mm -hmm. anyone would have a problem with that. Yeah, Um, I'm all for it. So, all right. Well, Lopez again is like, hey, wait a minute now, Johnny. Don't you know you you can give him that money and he'll still just kill everybody. Uh, let's let's figure out where the meeting place is and the time, and we'll set this whole thing up. But 
again, he's already proven himself ineffective with his, oh, I'm going to figure this out. So Johnny uh, talks to Lee, and Lee has found out about this underground place too, and he's found out where one of the entrances is. So I understand Johnny not worrying about Lopez and the cops because they've kind of screwed this up already. But why does he go in without his boys? That that's the thing that didn't make sense to me. Well, he goes. I know, in I know time is of the essence, but yes, he does I'll say like do meet things. Doesn't he say like meet me there? Like get yeah. get the men, get the guys, and get the men's and meet me there. Yeah, but he so he must have just beat him there, and then he just yeah. didn't want to wait. I guess that makes sense. I don't get why he goes in there like unarmed. He's a lethal weapon, Chad Cruz. I'm aware of that, but so is a guy with a machine gun. He, <laughs> I know there's no put guns you in the there, hospital right? and get you out. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> doctor, well, he did, he, the pressure points. He doesn't like killing unless he has to. Right. Well, he might have to here as he goes into this underground world. And the first thing he sees is these mask wearing dudes. They got flashlights. And they rip off Johnny's shirt. And that's good because we got to get him out of Dr. Mode, Chad, and get him into action. That's hero. true. And, you know, action heroes and shirts, they don't always go together. You, they often don't, really. They don't need a shirt for what they're doing. Unless you're Steven Seagal. Please keep a shirt on. Right. You know, put more clothes. He, he likes huge jackets, too. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, So he's in there. uh, But he doesn't have his boys, but he gets help from a mysterious stranger. We find out his name is Ernest. The bad guys like to call him Gimpy uh, for obvious reasons, because the man walks with a limp. Uh, and he was played by Cy Richardson, who I will always remember uh, as a much not nice character in uh, Kinjite. Forbidden mm-hmm. subjects. Excellent reference. Um, so yeah, Ernest is there. We find out more about him as time goes on. Uh, but uh, as of right now, it just he just kind of helped out Johnny and helps him out with some advice. Like get, get the yeah, reluctantly, get the hell out of here, man. You don't belong down here. Get out. But Johnny's like, I have to be here. They got my lady. Um, mm-hmm. So then we get another weird gang. These guys have like canes, but they're first they're hiding under piles of garbage. They're a garbage gang, Chad. They're like the garbage pail kids, Chris. Oh, now, wait a minute. Hold <laughs> Except on. Except they're grown men. They look like garbage football players. They had like the beefy shoulder pads and everything. And they were, yeah, swinging canes around. It was uh, it was definitely a choice. Definitely a quirky gang. Yeah. And, luckily, and... Go ahead. luckily, the version I watched was so dark, I could barely make out the figures in the dark. Well, one person I was able to make out was Gerald Okamura, who we yes. just uh, talked about in Rapid Fire. He's always pop. That's one of the great things about when we go back and watch these movies. I mean, just all the the familiar faces. There were some faces that are credited, but we never really see. I want to point them out. Ken McLeod, who we talked about in Showdown. And College Kickboxers. Mm -hmm. And of course, College Kickboxers. And of course, the great art Camacho, uh, Fist of Iron as well. And uh, we talked about him in Firepower. He had a big role in Firepower. It's funny because, you know, uh, in, in my in my wrestling career, you know, I got a chance to wrestle a few guys who I would consider have made it. And so, you know, I'll see him on TV or whatever, and I'll be like, yeah, I, I wrestled that guy once. 
and then people are like, uh, I don't believe you, but so I'd have to, you know, prove it to him. But Gerald Okamura probably like, Hey, uh, one time, uh, Dolph Lundgren stabbed me right in the face. It's pretty awesome. So he probably like tell stories about getting his ass kicked by everybody too. So pretty similar. Did you get your ass kicked by all these wrestlers that are on TV? Probably. Yeah, probably. You were a loser. Um, <laughs> so now, as this is going on, uh, the boys have made it to the entrance. Kwong doesn't want to go in, though, because he believes there's giant alligators down there. And, I, you know, that's a fair assumption to make if you've seen any kind of movie. It is the uh, underground. It is the underground. Uh, then we cut to Kalen's kind of lair, his empire. He's... I don't know if it says like his throne room. I don't know what you would call it, but it's his spot in the underground. And he's got a freaking cage set up for cage fights. It should and have been like a ring of fire. There was an actual ring of fire in the original ring of fire. But uh, yeah, yeah, this they, was they, surrounded by fencing. So that's where you had your steel. Yes. Ooh, blood and steel. With yeah. Blood about to come. Mm-hmm. So he's going to come uh, blood. Oh, that's oh, no. That's a reason right. to go to the ER. That's I'll why take... you would call a doctor. So good thing Johnny's in the underground. <laughs> you got some problems if that's happening, folks. Consult a physician. Your tubes uh, got crossed. Oh, something got yeah, a malfunction at the junction, as they say. Uh so yeah, he's the garbage gang guys in there, uh, and Kalen's. He's gonna fight. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show you. This is what you get for screwing things up. And we get Kalen in the cage. Um, we find out there's an underground radio station, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Kalen gets a word to the DJ that there's fifty thousand dollars for any of the bangers out there if they can bring Johnny to him, but alive. He wants him alive. He wants to be the one to kill Johnny. Um, and this radio is heard all throughout. I don't understand necessarily, you know, where the, where the tower is, if this is some sort of uh, closed circuit type thing. I, I don't know how this operates. I don't Iron really, radio. it doesn't matter. Uh, the boys. Isn't it weird yes. though, Brain? Hey, they $50,000 bounty. He only asked for 250000 So if someone were to bring him back alive and then later on he offers even more money and then he offers even more money for GIMP, like they could have potentially lost money on this whole situation. And what do they really need money for down there? I mean, well, did you see that one little gang of all the hot chicks? Well, yeah, that is, we'll get to them. Mm-hmm. We'll, that's yeah. true. They, they, that's aren't, com- they ain't coming cheap. That's true. First uh, you get the money. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so yeah, the boys also hear this and they're like, oh shit, we better find Johnny because there's now a bounty on our boy's head and we need to help him. So now we've got uh, Remo. Remo, what is it? Do you want to help Johnny Wu? Why don't you help me and go over there? All right. So uh, we get Johnny in earnest. Now they get up they- to the Shadow Warriors. And these guys are some serious badasses. Are especially they? the especially the one with the nunchaku. Yeah. The other guys are who are these? But when the nunchaku man shows up, you know some business is about to pick up. Uh, Johnny, however, is able to defeat him because he's freaking Johnny Wu, Don the Dragon Wilson, 
And that kind of gives them respect. And then everybody else kind of just allows them to pass. It's a real nice moment, Chad. It is, you know, and they have a nice, they have a good fight. You know, it's not just kind of like a, it's uh, not a squash. It's not a squash. It's not a 10 second kick him in the face, kind of walk on by. They have a good, good little throwdown sesh here. And, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a cool feeling to know that all these gangs aren't complete assholes. Um, but, uh, yeah, they let him go by and then, uh, Later on, you know, his boys kind of show up the same place and it's a different story. But, but yeah, for the moment, he's leaving breadcrumbs in the form of people's bodies. He must be because, yeah, they follow the exact same path, even though they don't have the guidance of one Ernest. They're just, and, and you know, Ernest made it sound like there's all sorts of ways and he can go from LA to San Bernardino and back. And yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a little convenient, but maybe like, yeah, it's human body breadcrumbs. Mm, and, the and blood that you're talking about earlier. Oh yeah. You were, t- all right. Anyway, uh, after that, uh, after the boys kind of going through now, Ernest and Johnny make it back to Ernest's place. And Johnny starts kind of asking him about, you know, what the hell's going on with you? Why are you down here? You seem to be somewhat normal. Uh, you're not wearing a mask and flashlights and whatnot and living under garbage heaps. What's the deal? But, yeah. you know, and like, I want to help you, Ernest. But Ernest is a very proud man, Chad Cruz, and he wants yes. none of that. None of that help. He, we find out, you know, he's he was a Vietnam vet. Um, and that's where John's like, oh, well, surely you got some skills from. Uh, he doesn't want any part of the upper world. He doesn't want it, Chad. The only skill I learned was how to survive. And he's using it. And we also meet his crazy neighbor, dude, who kind of reminded me of the drunk guy from The Punisher, the Dolph Lundgren version, mm-hmm. the, the former thespian turned alcoholic. Kind of reminded me of that guy. And, and that kind of blends in, too, because obviously The Punisher in that movie lives underground. Ooh, same underground. Wouldn't that have been something if they walked by and Predator or Punisher was there naked at his altar? <laughs> he just keeps riding by on his motorcycle, just super yeah. loud. Like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, they think it's Predator on the motorcycle, but it's it's the Punisher. And then yeah, they he just accidentally goes in there. Or maybe it would be uh it would be a good moment for Kwong. He thinks he's going in to see some hot chick and he opens yeah. up and there's naked Dolph Lundgren praying. At his altar. Yeah. That'd be a <laughs> hilarious situation. Um, oh, we now after we meet the crazy neighbor, though, we got it. We need some more cage fight action because it's freaking PM entertainment. You're going to have car chases. You're going to have fight scenes. And sometimes you get some nudity. Uh, this is a kind of one of those rare ones, Chris, where we really didn't get any kind of too much uh, sexy time in this one. Not as much as you, oh, would, you would expect. You would think that being in an underground, you know, uh, fight arena, uh, a playground for the depraved, you would see something like, you know, sex slaves or dominatrixes or something like that. Topless and, uh, cage we, dancing women or something. Yeah. Or we, we get a we get a very slight taste of things of that nature a little bit later on. But yeah, not as much uh, TNA. It's pretty much all about the brawling and the beatings and the gang activity. TNA, TNA, TNA. Although, yeah, I think that is, you think that's like a Don the Dragon thing because he's more. uh, Pretty wholesome. 
Yeah. It's more straight up action. I mean, you know, Black Belt was probably the one that had the most um, sexy time there. So that's Uh, why that's your favorite, you pervert. (laughs) I mean, while, listen, while uh, Deidre Immershine is an attractive lady, um, you know, that was, I mean, when I was going to say, when you think about it, it's basically just, you know, the martial arts version of the bodyguard and actually came up before the bodyguard, as we know, because I reviewed it for bulletproofaction.com. Um, but yeah, it seems that he's more of just like a straight up, you know, action hero. He doesn't really do the whole uh, romantic leading man role as far as uh, the action hero type. And that's fine, because when you are a 13 year old kid sure you want to see a little bit of tna and we got some of that in ring of fire part one too actually um you just want to see people kicking ass you know there are two right. things you want to look at you want to look at hot girls or people kicking ass and sometimes you can't have one without the other and sometimes you have to have one or the other and this is one of the times where you just got straight up action yeah a lot of action in this one um and as chad alluded to the boys have now made it up to the shadow warriors so we get some fighting action there um, but meanwhile, Johnny and Ernest are at the final gang, and these guys have skateboards. Um, and this is where I, I think the DJ kind of alludes, but the DJ's just straight up got the hots for Johnny. Mm, yeah. Like this DJ. Yeah, the DJ I, was, I uh, is the proper term androgynous because it's, it's a male, but he had his nails done with earrings and lipstick. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was doing his own thing. And, you know, that's... But it was, he wasn't playing it for laughs. He was just no, very eccentric. It, yeah, and yeah, eccentric. Like it, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a gag character or anything like that. He um, wanted to. No, what I want to know, <laughs> what I want to know is he spent the whole movie kind of, uh, you know, teasing Johnny and like, you know, alluding to stuff like that. When did he see him? Yeah, I was going to say, there were there cameras? TV in but... the underground? It could be. Maybe that's the yeah. I think he's a, attracted to the uh, the the uh, attitude, the the aggressiveness the of Johnny. Doctor status. He heard a doctor. doctor. He's yeah, trying to get cash. Doctors do uh, do it for some people. Yeah, people in uniform. You know, mm. that doesn't work anymore. By the way, uh, well, you don't need it to work, Chad. Anyway, right. <laughs> anyway, uh what I wanted to say was I don't even think Don the Dragon's wife ever was this hot for him as this DJ is for Don the Dragon Wilson in this movie. But I, you know, I don't know uh, Don the Dragon personally, like uh, Christy Petrillo, the toy man. Uh, and oh yeah, the DJ also mentions that uh, Johnny's friends have shown up and you can get 5,000 a piece for them. I don't think they even have to be alive. You just, just get rid of them basically. So yeah, now he's good. in the hole seventy k if he gets his way. <laughs> it's good money, man. Yeah, he's gonna he he needs that two hundred fifty k. Yeah, he does. He yeah, he's paying people off left and right. Um, so now the boys are in action once again. Kwong sets a rollerblader on fire. Hell yeah! And then that kind of did you like that that pipe that he <laughs> that he pulls yeah. down? Chad it was just like flammable. It's just it's just random fluid up there. Like there was an, the one later in the film too. It's like it's the one later, just like main sludge line or something. It's yeah, that. Uh, like, pri- primary sludge. It sounds like oh, a band name from the nineties. Yeah, it was like a sixties Batman series. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Shark yeah, repellent. 
the the fire is uh there that kind of gets up separated though uh so kwong's on his own but he he does all right for himself um back to ernest and johnny uh the, ernest needs to rest which you know again he he's he has a bad leg he's got a bad wheel and he's been walking a long time we've been seeing a lot of walking in the underground there's a lot of walking and you know it at times Probably the, movie, the same hallway three times yes. The movie drags at times, but they just keep going back to that cage. And then, so every once in a while, you're like, okay, something needs to happen. And then they show somebody getting the shit beat out of them in the cage. You're like, oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> right on time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because they couldn't do uh, couldn't do car chases under underground. So we, we had to have cage fights. <laughs> Skateboards. Yeah. You need a sunlight with wheels going on. And, and they managed to light somebody on fire. So that was good. Um but we then get, so yeah, we get another cage fight uh, after, again, Johnny again, he's just been pushing like, hey, I, I'll get you up to up to the hospital. We'll get your leg fixed up. Ernest doesn't understand that world. It makes no sense to him. Underground makes sense. There's good guys, there's bad guys, and you know who is who. Up up there, the president, you can't even trust anymore. So uh, he, he makes some valid points, but I don't know that I'd want to live underground. Although I guess I'm doing this podcast from my basement. So who, who am I to talk? <laughs> All right. Well, the boys now, we get the cage fight. The boys, still without Kwong, they kind of find it. I guess you'd call it an oasis in this horrible world that they're in. It's kind of an underground brothel. And this is, you guys have both kind of alluded to it. Just beautiful, beautiful women. And uh, the guys think Brad and... Chuck and Lee, they're they're very happy with what they found, Chad Cruz. Yeah, they're thrilled, in, in fact. And, you know, you have to, okay, you know, the, the movie kind of runs, like everything happens super fast, right? They go from just being buddies with Johnny to now, and one one's a sister, uh, one sister of, of the one, Brad, right? Is it Brad? Correct. So you've got these guys. Johnny all of a sudden's in this massive dangerous situation his buddies jump in to help they're running around they're doing stuff for him and then they take it a step further they go down into the underground to follow johnny to help him boy these are some great friends like they really are but the first opportunity they have to meet some sexy ladies (laughs) they forget everything about johnny and forget about julie they don't give a shit anymore about julie (laughs) they are only focused on the punani and you know that was that be... quote from uh the quote from 40 year old virgin you're putting the pussy on a pedestal <laughs> that's right I, I think this might be the most realistic portion of the film probably you know what they those ladies yeah, you forget they, all uh... about your friend for for a woman yeah yeah like like it's hard to believe like oh what, do i have anyone in my life that would come to some underground world to help me dude, accomplish I'm right a goal. Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I'm fortunate enough to do it. Do I have a friend that would forget all about me if he had a chance to get some? Definitely. I've definitely had friends like that in my, in my years. So again, that may be the most realistic part of the film. But uh, yeah, to your point, Judge. I mean, that's his sister that got kidnapped. Yeah, but he was pretty horny. 
was. He was listening to that DJ get all hot. Yeah, and that bothered, DJ you know? really set the mood. Turned him yeah. up, man. Turned him up and turned him on. Mm. All right. So we've got uh, the guys are there. And, and that's not going to end well for them. It's not, it's not going to be what they're hoping for because they end up uh, drugged by these. These ladies are going to collect that five grand. It's a trap. Or was it? Or was it? Yeah, it was five grand. They're going to get that each. money. They're going to get that money. So these ladies are smart. These are probably the smartest characters of the underground. They really um, are. Yeah. Kwong is. He's doing his own thing. He's battling three, three guys on his own. What are those gimmicks he had? They're not nunchucks, but they're like, what it's are a, those things called? The three segment staff deal. The three segment staff. That's what, yeah. And they're doing some, so yeah, great little fight scene there for Eric Lee. Um, and then Kwong, Eric Lee meets a, a rather muscular woman who I'm surprised Albert Pune didn't cast in something. <laughs> Must've missed this one. So, so he meets her, um, so now, again, the women, the hot women have turned in the boys, Chuck, Bradley. They're now prisoners of Kaylin. Kaylin asks Julie, hey, do you know these guys? Oh, no, I don't know them. She knows them, obviously. Uh, she's just trying to, hopefully, she's trying to protect them because probably yeah. figures if, oh, you know these people? Well, I'm going to do something horrible to them to uh, right. further torture you. Then he lays one on her, whether she wanted it or not, Chad Cruz. And then throws poor old Brad in the cage to fight. Um, and meanwhile, though, Johnny and Ernest are fine. Their their long journey is almost over. But in, but instead of going together, they split off. Chris, Johnny wants to go to the cage fights, but Ernest has other plans. Yeah, apparently there's an underground armory that he's aware of, and he's just going to head on over there. And I have a lot of questions because. Even though the underground is divided up into sections and, you know, you shall not pass and all that, everything's pretty open. I'm not seeing locks on doors and security measures being taken. So is this armory in just another open space? Like, what does it take to get to this armory? And why did it just come up now as they've been fighting bare-fisted, bare-knuckled the whole time, coming up against these gangs with weapons that he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the armory. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was that part of the truce. They mentioned that that they outlawed guns. Yeah. And that there was a truce. So did they just collect all the guns and put them in a, a safe place? But yeah, why? I guess because Kalen was the boss of the whole place. He gets to run the show. But He wanted the firepower. He, dang. I, Which is appropriate right. since it's Ian Jacqueline. Yeah. I yeah. think that there's there's movies that kind of did that better. You know, like in the movie <laughs> No, es no Escape. Oh, Where yeah. they're like, yeah, no one's got guns, but the one dude has like a rocket launcher. Um, yeah. So he basically is in charge because he has this crazy ass gun. And then you have. We, yeah. We talked about that one. Yeah. And Michael Wirth's film. Uh, yeah. Was it U.S. Seals 2? Mm-hmm. There's no right, guns Right. They couldn't the use the guns because, yeah, of the, the gas. and the Right. So you could have come up with a gimmick, but I guess you just put it into a room and have one guy guard it. You could do that, too. <laughs> Well, you could, but that doesn't work out as well. No, obviously. As, as, as we find out. So, yeah. Um, Brad, before Brad could, could conclude the fight to the death he's in one way or the other, Johnny does show up. Uh, Predator is a real kiss up at this point. He volunteers to fight Johnny first. Um, Johnny versus Predator. Johnny, this is almost a squash match. He just kicks Predator's ass. Yeah, it's. It was 
kind of disappointing in a way. I mean, this isn't the big fight though, so you no. know something's going to happen after this. But but yeah, Predator up to this point, he's he's done a lot. Like he's he's been the driving force of this movie. Um, and he just and, and Johnny should be tired at this point. You, you know, he's been walking forever. He's had multiple fights. You, I you, think this that, is. This is where you, he should kind of get injured, you would think. You know, like, oh, now he's going to be – he right. beat him, but he's not going to be 100% going against Kalen. But no, he just kicks the shit out of him. There was a deleted scene where he pounded like three five-hour five hour energies. Okay. Um, so he's good. Did those exist in 1993? There were three-hour energies back then. Oh, of course. That makes sense, too. Um, technology just advances at all times. Uh <laughs> So after he kicks Predator's ass, Johnny challenges Kalen. But that fight never gets off the ground because that's when Ernest shows up with the guns ablazing. We get pandemonium in the underground. Um, and once again, the going got tough. Oh, Kalen got going. He's out of there. Johnny rescues Julie. Oh, is this going to be our happy reunion? Maybe, maybe not. Because as they all start making their way out of, of the underground, Johnny's like, I cannot leave my good friend Ernest behind. So Julie goes on with the boys. Johnny goes back to get Ernest. We get more goons in this in these tunnels. More fighting chat. It's just, again, this is kind of where it started to become, like, we just need to get to 90 minutes is what it felt like at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We couldn't decide on a finish. No, they could not. And even when we think, yeah, they, they got a couple falsies in this one for sure. It was like uh, some WCW main event. There's just all these run-ins and there's there new people run. appear. And right. we already paid this guy. Let's just bring him in the match. Right. So, yeah, they finally get to, it's like, oh, there's the daylight. All right, here we go. Uh, they get out. But wait, where's Kwong? Oh, here's Kwong. He's got his new muscular girlfriend. <laughs> um, and that's about when Kalen and Predator show up and they they just shoot Lee in the shoulder. He's real good at shooting people in the shoulder. Um, <laughs> not not a kill shot for sure. And it he basically tells Johnny he's going to shoot everybody unless he gets the Johnny versus Kalen match. And uh, you know that's kind of what we've been waiting for. Obviously, it's been set up from the pretty much the beginning. Um, and, but Kalen does not not unlike Lopez is not as confident. He's like you know if if I happen to lose, nobody lives. So he was going in. That's very rare that that a uh, bad guy would think that way, Chad. Yeah, well, I mean, he has pretty much failed at everything throughout the entire film. So <laughs> maybe true. he's just finally coming around to the reality of things that his entire underground was defeated by a, a shirtless doctor. Yeah, yeah. What's his contingency plan? But if he says, if I lose, no, you know, nobody lives, does that mean himself too? I like guess. Predator he, turned predator on just him over just, the underground? Yeah. Just kill him because he wouldn't be able to live with himself. <laughs> yeah, that could be. So we get Johnny versus Kalen. Uh, again, Johnny's kicking some ass uh, to the point where Predator actually tries to intervene, but that just gets his ass whooped again. Um, and now it looks like we're going to have the the happy ending. Um, and they, they kind of w- start walking away. <laughs> but now <laughs> Kalen and Predator have a car. And they run over Brad. <laughs> Damn it, Brad. Everybody just the did... guy crew was getting taken out tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't get taken, get one in the shoulder. He just gets run over. Um, 
And this is where Johnny now manages to jump on top of the car. He grabbed the bag of explosives that uh, Ernest had gotten from the armory. And uh, Kalen is horribly shooting through the roof of the car. <laughs> Just it was three or four shots. Not one of them even nicks. No. Dr. J- I mean, He's like John- aiming at the corners of the roof. Right. Like, like just go right dead center. You know his... Oh, stupid. <laughs> so he keeps missing, but Johnny's not going to miss. Not when he gets the detonator going, throws the whole bag of explosives in the car. And instead of the car just exploding, it first has to jump and crash into a building, and then it explodes. That's it's a good explosion. Good. It's, you know, when you have an explosion like that, that's what you call a happy ending. That's right. <laughs> you know what? The car jump was pretty significant, too. That was a good jump. Like, he, yeah. that stuntman took it hard. That was good. PM Entertainment, that's their specialty. Um, Ernest returns to the underground. The horny DJ wraps things up, making one last attempt for the love of one Johnny Wu. We get our end credits, and here we are. Ring of Fire 2. Chad Cruz, when I was watching this, the only thing I could think of is, I wonder how much Chad Cruz is going to hate this movie. No, I didn't hate it. Um, it was definitely entertaining. Uh, like, like I said earlier, I'm, I, haven't, uh, I haven't burned through as much Don the Dragon Wilson films as, as Toy Man or... Or maybe you brain, but uh, you know I've seen a handful, and they've all kind of run together, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was entertaining. I mean, I think that he he's not like a top tier uh, action star when it comes to charisma, but when it comes to like having fight scenes and stuff like that, he's obviously extremely talented, and an amazing martial artist. I mean, I'm sure he'd beat the shit out of Jean Claude Van Damme, but on film, you know, guys like him just make movies better uh van damme i mean but uh yeah this was a good one i enjoyed it for the most part there's a few i thought i thought there were some scenes that could have been cut i i mean we spent a lot of time with his his buddies we spent a lot of time with Ernest, and really johnny doesn't have much of any character whatsoever in this movie he just kind of is running the entire time but uh there are worse movies you can watch Oh yeah, and I and I think that's one of the reasons you you mentioned a lot of the Don the Dragons kind of blend into one another. I don't think this is one of them. How many Don the Dragon movies is he underground fighting weird gangs? So that's kind of why this one always stood out to me, um, and it was one of my favorites of his. Just again, I think just because of the uniqueness of it. Now, Chris, you Chris. saw this movie way back when. Does it hold up? What what did you think back then? What did you think when you just rewatched it now? I thought the same thing back then that I think now, and uh, I'm going to assume that both of you will get the reference when I make my statement. Ring of Fire 2 Blood and Steel is the best adaptation of the Double Dragon video game ah, that yeah. there is. Because the whole premise of saving your loved one from an evil gang leader, right down to using the name Shadow Warriors, because that was the name of uh, one of the gangs in Double Dragon, Um, you know, venturing into gangland territory. It's extremely similar to the plot of the game. And obviously it's a very simple plot and everything, but you know, the eccentric gangbangers, the, the muscular women that are carrying around the whips 
and, you know, walking through and basically, you know, oh, you've earned their respect. You may pass. It's basically that Johnny was conquering each level to get to the final boss. And, uh, you know, even in some of those old video games, you'd get the swerve where you beat the final boss. Oh, wait a minute. But the final boss is actually this person. And then you have to fight them again. So, you know, a lot of people say the movies are video games come to life. This is one of the earliest indications of that happening. And it's all thanks to our friends over at PM Entertainment. They uh, they knocked it out of the park with this one. I, I like that. And I sense a movie Kumite coming our way with uh, Ring of Fire 2 versus the actual Double Dragon movie. I mean, it uh, could be done. If you just did a quick rebooking and you said that Ernest, uh, you know, at some point, Ernest showed him this, you know, this uh, medallion that he had mm. had been passed down to him. And, and Don the Dragon Wilson had the same medallion and then they connected them together. Oh, Lord. You know, especially if Ernest was played by Ernest the Cat Miller. Yes. Now, wait a minute. We were uh, <laughs> we were we were a couple of years away from his fandom. Actually, when did the Double Dragon movie come out? Ninety four. So the Double Dragon movie actually like was probably in production when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. In Cleveland, it Cleveland. was going on. Alyssa Milano. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Robert any Patrick. other Robert Patrick, Mark Dacosco. Ludwig Kaiser on WWE Raw reminds me of Robert Patrick. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. All right. Well, there it is, folks. Ring of Fire 2, Blood and Steel. 93 episodes. We finally got to Don the Dragon Wilson. And, you know, there's still others we have not talked about. You should do it more often, damn it. Oh, oh, geez. Calm down. (laughs) I want to talk about how Don the Dragon ignored you. For so so long, that I loved it so much. Uh, you do you do get a kick out of it, but, and I think uh, part you know, of it I, uh, is because of my bitterness that I never got my poster from Michael Worth. So I, you know, someone else had the same kind of pain I was. Yeah, feeling. misery, misery, loves loves misery. Love, thank you. you. You read my mind. No, like I said, he was uh, he was a very nice man. He was very cool to me, and you know, especially when he was cool to Zach. You know, anyone who's cool to my son is okay in my book. And, uh, you know, I did mention how I had reviewed the movies and stuff. And, you know, he even said, he's like, oh, I'd love to do an interview with you. And I'm like, well, whenever you get around to it on Facebook, there's a message waiting for you. So we'll see <laughs> if it ever comes to fruition. But a uh, great man, a very kind man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he he's someone who, uh, you know, you might get a kick out of him uh, on oh. social media. But he, you know, oh, yeah, pun intended, get a kick out of him. But uh, he does seem to look for um reviews and and podcasts and things of that nature to share them so hey you know most recently he shared the uh, the original blood fist review that i did a while back so he's yeah. definitely helped get some eyes on the site indirectly so we can thank him for that too i just hope he found that book he wanted to order i don't know what book oh, it yes. was <laughs> nobody else did either but don i hope you got that book you said you were gonna order um when old people use Facebook. All right. Let's wrap things up, guys, because I'm going to talk about bulletproofaction.com. We've mentioned it throughout the show, but let's talk about it. Let's go. If you're listening, check out bulletproofaction.com. We've got stuff up all the time. New content is always coming. I know I'll be reviewing a Cynthia Rothrock film. 
maybe going into the Albert Pune filmography as well. And Chris, a big one coming up for you later this month. A franchise uh, that you absolutely love. I'm assuming that you are referring to the franchise that uh, co-stars My Big Brother that I will be going to check out in theaters uh, in just a couple of weeks. Uh, Fast X, the first part of the Fast and the Furious finale featuring John Cena and uh, Vin Diesel and uh, now Jason Momoa as the new villain. So should be interesting. Should be, uh, should be full of plenty of stunts that were never attempted on film and probably never will be again because of the $80 billion budget. Yeah, and I, I believe, I, I know he had been, we talked about PM Entertainment and the crazy, Spiro Rosado's a big part of the PM Entertainment, I believe is a big part of these Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, to my knowledge, he's still kicking around he's, the stunt world. Yeah, I mean, he he's kind of the, the godfather of these crazy car flips and explosions and where it's come from the PM days to where we're at at Fast X is just insanity of course cgi is very helpful in some of that as well um, i'm going to give you a very quick slice of trivia that you probably didn't know and you'll probably forget it as soon as you hear it but for whatever reason this has always stuck out to me so he did the stunt work on fast getaway with cynthia rothrock and Corey haim um mm -hmm. which i had talked about a long time ago and there's a scene where Corey haim meets his mother's neighbor like the hot girl that lives next door and she's got like a rabbit and the rabbit is actually credited in the credits of the film and it was spiro's bunny so it was listed as bunny risottos amazing <laughs> so his rabbit actually got a star credit in a film so a rabbit is Chad Cruz. yep i hate that rabbit i love it chad cruz do you know what you're going to be doing at all uh, i'm thinking about doing a jet lee film <laughs> yeah we, you've said that four episodes ago did i you, you well, promised coming, it a while folks. back all right it's coming, gonna folks. Just keep waiting i you know i may i don't know for sure if i'll do this or not but our good friend paul london is going to be in another lifetime movie called my best friend the baby snatcher oh and if there's even one scene with partial action in it, I may review it. I, I don't oh, know yeah. for sure, but I, I, think I you definitely should. I'm going to check it out for sure. But, I think uh, I mean there's got to be some someone snatching babies up. It's got to be yeah. Some there's got to be there's got to be some action. So you know, try to get uh, more of that female uh, demographic to bulletproofaction.com. Right. Is he playing a detective? I I don't know. I don't think he's playing a detective uh, again. I know the last one he did. He just he, his character's name is Tom. I don't think he's a detective, but uh, that one I believe is on May the 18th on the Lifetime Movie Network. Mm. Uh, so I want to check that out. Uh, so maybe I'll talk about that. We can. I'm definitely going to check undercover. it out. He uh, could be. Uh, again, always love to support uh, what Mister London is up to, um, and he's always been very supportive of us here at Bulletproof Action. So it's nice to return the favor. Um, Chad, what do you want to do next time? Dude, we've been doing a lot of 90s. I, I'm almost yeah, feeling yeah. like we need to go back to the 80s. I'd like to, you know, why not go back further? Oh. Who's going to stop us, right? Nobody. That's right. So we got uh, we got the, the new trailer for the Meg 2 dropped. Yeah. Maybe we find ourselves a certain shark 
movie. Oh. Maybe not the original, but maybe one of those sequels. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. It's just an idea. Well, maybe. Maybe I know Ryan Campbell's very excited about the Meg too. It um, does look pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, that that should be interesting. So, yeah, maybe we will do a shark related film. Memorial Day. Is it Memorial Day weekend or no, it was the 4th of July. Or is it Memorial Day when the beach just opens? Oh, uh, that could yeah, that might be it. Memorial Day. That sounds right. We'll have to do some research on that. All I right. Don't know. I don't know either, and we, and we could do something completely different. Yeah, we, if we carry on with this, you know, '90s gimmick, we could do a right. We'd double, have to do double dragon. We could do double dragon from 1994. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We could do that. Basically, what we're saying, people, is you're gonna have to stay tuned to find out what we're gonna do next because we don't have a plan right now. And sometimes those are the best ones, Chad. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Yeah, you just got to listen, and you be the judge of that. Right. So that's a great reason to subscribe as well, because it'll just pop up. It'll just pop up one day. You'll be like, what the hell's going on? Oh, my. They're talking about this now. Awesome. So there you go. So, again, thank you, Toy Man. Again, figurestoycompany.com for all your figures needs. Possibly uh, a Jerry Pelt figure coming in the next... 20 years i don't know Complete uh, with his, uh was it remax card yeah, his realtor sign yeah he needs that <laughs> sign to put in the front yard uh, of whatever he's selling chad cruz is gonna talk, to review a jet lee movie at some point in the year 2023 could be may <laughs> maybe maybe not we'll find out oh i know matt specter has got some uh, new, image. new image operation delta force 2 Oof, I've tried that one out. Oof. Mayday, as a matter of fact, I believe, is the subtitle, which I'm guessing is why Matt Spector picked that movie. Call He's me good. crazy. He's good he like that. He yeah. likes his themes. Uh, and so, yeah, that's coming up as well. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you. And everyone listening, guys, gals, house plants, whoever's listening, thank you so very much. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 